I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. Brown University did a study, included 6,000 participants, and they found a correlation between mold and dampness indoors and depression. Right there with death and taxes, stuff gets wet, gets moldy. And if you leave it be, it will not go away. It can't, it won't. If anything, it will just get worse. What happens with mold is that it, it tends to bring out whatever your latent susceptibilities are. And again, it's like kryptonite. It makes you weak. New house smell is cancer. It's right. not a good smell. That's a Pavlovian associative response. New car smell, new house smell, that's cancer. Uh, and, and yet we are locking ourselves up in these chemical boxes and then wondering why we have unprecedented amounts of autoimmune disease and cancers of every sort and kind. Oh, I know. That's, that's not good news. You don't want to hear that. But also, mold is an issue for most of us. And that is Jason Earle from Got Mold. And his story is harrowing. When he was a kid growing up in a musty farmhouse, he was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And at that time, it was a terminal illness. And when they moved out of his musty home, he got better. And on this episode, we talk about the medical issues that are associated with mold. We talk about if you have a moldy crawl space, you have a moldy home. We talk about exposure to mold, bringing on asthma, depression, insomnia. Mold rage is a thing. We talk about the vast impact of mold exposure in, in many, many people's lives. You know, if you've got itchy nose that won't go away, if you've got brain fog every single morning, it might be a mold issue. I know that I'm sensitive to mold. I can tell when I walk into musty old offices and really dank ancient buildings, I get sensitive. My nose itches, my throat itches. Maybe this sounds familiar to you. We talk about how the fact that we are breathing in thousands of mold spores with every single breath we take. We can't avoid mold, it's all around us. But when it becomes a problem where there's moisture in your home, there's something that you can do about it. And Jason has made a kit for people to test the mold inside their home. And this is the type of thing that, man, you gotta be brave. If you think it might be an issue, you should look into it. So you can go to gotmold.com forward slash optimal performance. And he's got a special offer where you can order a one room, two room, or three room mold detection kit to figure out if it's a problem in your house. You know, as we talk about what biohacking is, it's what's in you, on you, and around you. And, and the around you part is something that a lot of us really just ignore. The detergents that we use, EMF exposure, and toxic mold may be major contributors to you not living your optimal life. So be brave, buckle down, listen to this episode, and really think about whether or not you should invest in one of his mold test kits. This could be the thing. If your diet is great, if you're exercising and you're, you're well slept, you don't have that much stress in your life, this might be the one thing that is really crushing your health. So take a look. You can always find me on Instagram at McCormick. You can go to seanmccormick.com to learn a little bit about how I coach and how I help people all around the world up-level their performance. I'm really excited to bring you this episode. It's not convenient, but it's important to know. And before we jump into this episode, I just want to make one request. If you love this podcast, if you don't miss an episode, subscribe. It really helps the algorithms detect us and, and brings optimal performance podcast up in the rankings and also share this with a friend if you've got a friend with a stanky old house share this episode ladies and gentlemen without further ado jason earl welcome everyone to the optimal performance podcast my name is sean mccormick i'm a life coach performance coach wellness entrepreneur 
and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And I'm here with Jason Earl, who is the founder and CEO of 1-800-GOT-MOLD and also Mycolab USA. Jason, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Great to be here, Sean. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the doom and the gloom and give us an idea of just the, the, the actual impact that mold exposure can have on people's health. Oh, man. All right. This is fun. I... I... The doom and the gloom. The good news is there's good news, but I'll give you the doom and the gloom. Um, so uh, the, the the bottom line is is that the biggest problem with mold is that it is um, it's so common and it, it is so pervasive that we overlook it most of the time. There's generational ignorance around mold. I mean, the wives' tales uh, and the mis- myths and misinformation that surround mold still pervade. I mean, the idea that bleach is the solution, these kinds of things hmm. still still exist in the in in, in our culture. Um, and these things are scientifically invalid. So, but that's coming from, you know, this mulch mold, wipe it off kind of thing that our grandparents and great grandparents, you know, they had no, they didn't have any insights or solutions in this. So, so this has gone on until, you know, basically the last 20 years. So the, this is a very nascent industry. Uh, the whole idea of mold inspections and mold remediation is brand new. I mean, it didn't exist 20 years ago, really, except for a couple of people that were kind of, you know, ahead of the curve and maybe too early to an industry. But anyway, so by some estimates, mold affects about 100 million Americans every year through property damage or through health effects. That's about a third of the population. And wow. so what does that look like? Well, so there's the more obvious uh, situations like, for example, uh, the Mayo Clinic did a study in 1999 and concluded that upwards of 97% of mold, of, of chronic sinusitis, um, which is any, any uh, sinus inflammation that lasts for more than 30 days is uh is mold and dampness related, specifically mold related um that that's 37 million americans okay um asthma is 24.6 million americans and according to epa and berkeley labs about 4.6 million of those cases are mold and dampness related um and uh, and so those are those are some two biggies that are on the uh, respiratory uh, and, uh, but you know there's also some really interesting stuff surrounding depression uh, uh Brown University did a study included 6,000 participants, and they found a correlation between mold and dampness indoors and depression. Um, and so, you know, how many people are affected by depression? How many of those might be indoor air quality related, right? Mm. Uh, so now you got sinusitis, asthma, depression. <laughs> these, are, these are big buckets, right? Yeah. Um, and then you've got the, the more insidious stuff. You know, the, the t- most typical mold-related complaints are headaches, nausea, dizziness, and fatigue. Believe it or not, upper respiratory and all that kind of stuff is um, is is also big. But, you know, the most common health effects are actually much more nebulous. They're more uh, symptoms than signs. And, uh, and so those kinds of um, issues tend to be undiagnosed, but yet adversely affect people in a very serious way. Uh, fatigue is a big one. Um, and so you think about the lost productivity associated with that. Think about all the missed work. Think about all of the, 
you know, poor decisions, poor parenting, kids who live, live and work in mold, kids who, who go to school in moldy schools, can't learn, uh, parents, uh, p- uh, teachers rather who teach in moldy schools can't teach well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is, this, this, this has the ripple effect on this is massive. And then of course that leads to more poverty, which of course leads to more crime. Uh, and so you could even argue that poor indoor air quality has an impact on our judicial system and our, and our, and our jails. And, and, and seriously, I mean, it, it keeps the poor, poor, um, and uh, because it disproportionately affects the people who can't afford to maintain buildings or, 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 or not empowered enough to make the repairs, even if they knew how to do so. Mm-hmm. So you really look at this and, and I'm, I'm, trying, I'm working on, you asked a big question right off the bat. And I, I wasn't, I, I love this question because I'm working on, a, on, on taking all of these studies and putting them together in a way that we can show the true public impact of poor indoor air quality. Um, and just to, to sort of put a bow on it, um, because I could talk about this forever, as you can tell, um, People, the, the CDC says that uh, food is uh, the cause of most chronic illness. And I agree. It's a big, big part, right? Very double-edged, right? Food, healthy food is nutritive. It's life-affirming. It extends your life, allows you to do the thing. It's, it's, benefit, it's, it's healing and, and uh, cleansing, uh, whereas unhealthy food will take years off your life. And it, it is the opposite, right? Air is the same thing. Air is not neutral. There is no neutral air. There's like there's no neutral food. Uh, there's no neutral air. You're either you've either got life affirming, life giving air, or you've got the kind that makes you sick and can be poisonous. There is no neutral. Um, and so we're working on putting that together because the, so far it looks like air may be a very close second behind food. It may even eclipse food. Uh, and the thing that's most insidious about it is that we are awash in it. We take it so for granted right? Um, if you do the math, you breathe 13 to 15 times a minute. And then you multiply that out. It's about 20,000 times a day. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine anything that you do more and that you're less aware of than breathing? That, that's, that's the point here, right? Is that if you really look at it, it's hiding in plain sight, right under the tip of your nose. And yet you're not even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the doom. That is the bloom. I I wanted to face that up front. And some of those statistics are absolutely staggering. And I think for some of us who have experienced or are aware of their sensitivity to mold, they will attest when they walk into a room, you know, a dank, damp basement in some office building, and they walk in and immediately their throat starts to itch a little bit, their nose gets itchy. I think that there's a lot of people out there that, that kind of know that they're sensitive to it. But another question that I have is, you know, I understand the predicament for a lot of people because going through the process of identifying a mold issue in your home or in your office or even in your car uh, comes with a fair, what potentially a costly time consuming and logistically challenging remediation that a lot of people just like probably don't even want to touch. They don't even want to deal with it. Cause it's like, what are you going to tell me that I got to like replace drywall or sell my car? Like those are some pretty meaningful things. H- how much of an issue is that? Do you think in people's awareness or willing willingness to be aware of this issue? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. You, you, um, uh, intuited the primary obstacle actually to, uh, to, to people taking action on the subject. It is, uh, it's a very emotional issue. And it's, uh, I would argue that procrastination that, that we, we actually on our website, we have a list of things you can do if you've got a mold problem, right? You can hire a professional, you know, you can, uh, you can do a do yourself test kit. 
uh, or you can do nothing. And we have a picture of an ostrich with his head in the sand or her head in the sand. And, and that is the most common response to, I think I have a mold problem. It's boom, <laughs> just head in the sand. We're not, we're, and the, 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 there is, there's nothing that could be less productive or actually more harmful than doing that because you know what mold does really well? It grows. Hmm. Mold grows. That's what it does. And mold didn't just pop in there. It, it wasn't an accident. I mean, yes, an accident may have led to it, but it, it, it was a very predictable result of excess dampness. And generally speaking, those things don't self-correct. Uh, you know, buildings don't have an immune system. If they had a boo-boo with a lot of water in, that boo-boo needs to be fixed, right? So that's the way buildings work. Um, and so uh, and so we need to, to recognize that by ignoring a mold problem, what you're doing is actually saying, I'd like to pay more for that later. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, because, or I, I would like to get sick maybe because I'm not, I'm, I, I don't have enough problems in my life. I'd like to get mold sickness next, right? Just like pile it on. So the, 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 the idea that this will, if I ignore it, it will go away. That works with some things. Doesn't work with mold. It's, you know, mm. death and taxes. It's a guarantee. It's up there, right there with death and taxes. Stuff gets wet, gets moldy. And if you leave it be, it will not go away. It can't, it won't. If anything, it will just get worse. Um, and so, uh, so it's a, it's a serious, serious thing, but most people, um, most people will, will allow it to get to the point where they can't allow it to get any further. And, you know, they've reached sort of max, max pain, maximum pain. Um, and the problem with that, of course, is that there's a lot of collateral damage. And the thing is that so there's a, there's a rat's nest of emotions around mold, especially if you've got a family, uh, because the idea that you didn't take action on it fast enough, you didn't, um, you're a bad, bad parent. I mean, we're all such bad, we're all, we're all, we're all constantly self-judging ourselves, right? We, mm. we all have, um, we all have internal dialogues that if they were public, if they were, if they were made public, uh, people would, would probably blush. Um, most people would probably blush. And this is, this feeds right into that whole thing of being, um, you know, the guilt around being a, a lousy parent or a lousy partner or whatever. Um, and, and the, the, the concern about, well, what if I do find a problem, you know, what, what kind of costs are associated with that? That stops a lot of people in their tracks. And that's part of the reason why we created a do-it-yourself test kit that would be a, an affordable uh, way for people to, in the comp, in the safety and comfort of their home without having to get permission from anyone else, uh, without having to, uh, you know, uh, even let anyone else know, um, you know, so that their husband or wife who's been saying, we don't have a problem, you know, like, give me a break, you know, we can't afford that. Um, that's why we created the, the do it yourself test kit, because quite frankly, uh, the, I look at that as a tool for, for change as a tool, a lever for change. Um, you know, the journey of a, a thousand steps, uh, the journey of a thousand steps begins with, of, of a thousand miles begins with one small step. Um, and, uh, and, and that's the same thing here, you know, um, this isn't an, you can get stuck in inertia with this stuff. Um, and, and that's why we, we, we have the approach that we do, which is really more about, Hey, let's get to the root cause here. Um, yeah. and that's the other thing about this is this is the, the most important point. Let's get this out of the way. First mold is not the problem. Um, mold is a symptom of the problem. Mold is what happens when stuff gets wet and stays wet. So what's the problem? It's moisture. Um, it, it, moisture is the problem. Moisture is the enemy of buildings. Right, excess moisture is the enemy of, 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 of many things, and uh, and so our our job is to maintain buildings so that they maintain their ability to shed water and air. That's what the wind, wind and water. That's what buildings are designed to do, and it, and when they fail you, it's because they've generally failed to do one of those two things. 
Uh, and when they do that, then water gets inside or, 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 um, or doesn't get outside or doesn't get out. And when that happens, then you end up with uh, a mold problem. And, and let me get on the statistics on this. This is really important too. So uh, according to the EPA, Bur uh, EPA rather, EPA, 24 to 48 hours to respond to a water damage issue or even any sort of leak or spill um, before it becomes a potential mold issue. Uh, and according to the industry standard, uh, which is called the IICRC S520, um, you have 72 hours to deal with a mold uh, a moisture issue before it it has to be treated as a mold problem, whether there's a visible mold or not. And that's for porous materials. So that mm. would mean sheetrock, carpet, carpet padding, upholstered, upholstered furniture, drapes, things like that. So 72 hours. So you got 24 to 48 hours from the EPA, 72 hours from the industry standard. Um, and uh, most people deal with moisture issues or maintenance issues with their building in weeks, months, or even years. So that the guidance from the industry standard and from the, the, the government bodies who kind of have their, their um, have done the research on this, they're talking in hours and days. And most people do it, think about it in a much longer time frame. And so what I'm encouraging people to do is be more aware of this and move quickly towards it because water damage is free or cheap to fix. Uh, it's quick. It's dirty. You know, you got to do it do it but but mold is not mold is expensive and insurance does not cover it that's an important mm -hmm. point too uh and so so really it's a matter of you know if you see something smell something or feel something do something <laughs> that's great that's good advice this episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. This stuff is a game changer. You see, you might be dialed in with sleep and nutrition and stress management and exercise, but all of that hard work might be undermined by underperforming hormone levels. And there is a non-synthetic way to boost your natural growth hormone. This is an incredible product that I absolutely love. And you can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. If you're a male, especially over the age of 35, there's a really good chance that you're not creating enough growth hormone to support all of those other good lifestyle behaviors. And what BioPro Plus is, is a non-synthetic formula that you take in a sublingual little vial underneath the tongue once in the morning. And if you get the Cortisleep product, you take it at night. And what it does is, well, for me, it's supercharged my attitude. It's helped my mood. It's helped me put on lots of lean muscle mass. It's helped my libido. And it's also improved my ability to focus and have energy throughout the day so I can do all the fun things that I love to do. BioPro Plus is a unique product that includes deer antler velvet and amino acids and growth factors. You got to check it out. Again, go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. This product is a game changer, believe me. I want to further contextualize this for folks, depending on where they live, because this is a worldwide podcast in 94 countries, and everybody's got different environmental factors that go into the mold uh, potential. So for... Do, do I know the answer? At least I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Does someone in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, have the same risk of uh, exposure to mold and the accompanying health issues as someone like myself who lives in a temperate rainforest in the Pacific Northwest? Great question. Again, man, you're just you're you're three for three <laughs> so far. Um, so the risks are 
Uh, the same but different. Uh, not answer, but it's an answer, and I'll explain. <laughs> uh, so the fungi that grows in those environments are largely different uh, on the periphery, but they're very they're very much the same in the middle. Uh, so what that means is, so molds, molds, fungi in general, uh, fungal spores are kind of like combination locks. Uh, they need exactly the right sequence of numbers. In this case, with the combination, with it's the right conditions. It's the right temperature, food source or nutrient source, uh, uh, moisture uh, activity, uh, and uh, and oxygen is also in there too. But you know, we, we just mostly talk about food, water, and, and temperature. And so if those things are, are aligned such that the single cell the spore itself, which is like a seed, if you will, uh, it senses that these conditions are just right. And then it kicks off, it unlocks a metabolic process that creates this, this uh, little shoot that sticks out and it begins to, it, it looks at this, what's, what's around it. And it, and it looks at its library of enzymes. I mean, the, the genius of the single yeah. cell is incredible. And then it figures out which enzyme is the right thing to release. And then it begins to create its colony or the, the network. And then ultimately it creates colonies and then it creates more fruiting bodies to release more of these seeds and go forth. So that, that, but that, that spore needed exactly the right temperature and moisture level and nutrition to for that sort of this equinox the stars to be in alignment if you will for that Mm -hmm. whole thing to kick off most of the molds that grow indoors in uh in uh in well worldwide most of the molds that grow indoors are about the same because they like the conditions are very close to ours mold fungi in fact are very we're we're genetically more aligned with more closely related to fungi than we are bacteria Mm -hmm. um and but fungi is right there along with us in fact all over us right if you if you want to read a fascinating book called uh, i contain multitudes by ed young uh that'll that'll blow your mind it's all about the microbiome um and uh and we are we are we are basically uh they call holobionts we are we're a creature of creatures Mm-hmm. Um, we really, truly are. If you took the human out of us, we would be this shimmering, uh, um, shimmering uh, combination of all these microbes. Um, it's mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. And our homes are the same. Um, our homes are exactly the same. And a healthy home actually has more microbes in it rather than less. Uh, uh, there's a great book called Never Home Alone by Rob Dunn, uh, who if anybody's interested in what the creepy crawlies are in your house. Um, and, and, and it's really funny too. Uh, it will be, it's illuminating and you'll stop using antimicrobials, every antimicrobial sprays. You'll stop doing all that stuff. You'll realize you need these guys. And so the fungi that grows alongside of us, uh, likes the conditions that are very, that are right on the outside of our comfort zone, uh, where there's a little bit, a little cold, a little damp, you get the condensation, boom, you got mold, a little warm, little damp, right? You get different kinds of molds that like that whole, that, mm. that, that sort. So there's, so you'll see that those things on the periphery are, are different fungi, but in the middle, there are ones that tend to colonize pretty, pretty commonly when you got like typical wet sheet rock in a house that's about 72 degrees, you know what I mean? Like those are the same critters pretty much, whether you're in Scottsdale, I was in Sedona, by the way, last week doing a mold assessment. So you've mm. Sedona versus Minnesota, where I am now, right? Which is obviously a very different climate, but we have the same, largely the same uh, fungi. Uh, however, the reason that these things pop up is often different. So like the building defects are different. The building materials themselves in these buildings are different oftentimes because there's less sheet rock. There might be more plaster and things like that in those areas. Those things may have a big impact on what critters grow in our house. Sheet rock, by the way, is the number one one food source for most modern mold. 
Uh, and, and it's because of, you know, it's got, it's like a mold sandwich paper on the outside, a nice sponge to hold the moisture in the middle gets wet, stays wet long, long enough for that third three day mark to kick in. Right. Sheetrock gets wet and stays wet. It's a perfect dream. It's, it's like mold invented sheetrock. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's that perfect. Um, <laughs> and, and so those kinds of things have a big impact. And so more, more so, I would say, than where your house is, it's what your house is. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> Mold invented sheetrock. That's just silly. I like that. I would assume that where there's water is the most likely place to have um, a potential mold issue. I have to assume that underneath sinks uh, or, or behind sinks in kitchens and bathrooms where there's sheetrock is probably probably major source and i and and i'm talking about just sort of normal life not like a flood event or you know a leaky roof or something like that but i think i remember hearing somewhere that if there was a leak underneath your sink if it wasn't sealed properly and there was a leak and it got on the wood there is guaranteed no matter how well you you handled it um, maybe there's a gray area there but no matter how if you didn't handle it, you just sort of let it dry out on its own. It for sure has mold on it. Is, is that consistent with, with your experience? Like you're the guy, is it, if there was water that my kids splashed uh, behind the, behind the sink in the bathroom on the drywall, probably. And if there's water underneath the sink from a, a little leak, probably. Is that, is that true? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, there is no such thing as mold free. Uh, so this is, that's another uh, important point there uh, further to the idea that we have to have more diversity of in the, in our microbial world around us, right? We want to have mold in our environment. In fact, you can't get away without having mold in your environment. Um, it's, it's literally ubiquitous. You're, a, you're breathing in and out right now. Take a breath and exhale. You just breathe in thousands and thousands of mold spores. And so did everyone else who took a breath with us uh, without any health, ill health effect in most cases, right? Except for the people that are sitting in moldy houses right now saying, Jesus, you know, this is terrible. I got to do something about this. Um, and, and for those people, you should get outside and, and, and take some action on that right away. But the, but the bottom line is that, um, that the, the, the ubiquitousness of, of molds is such that you have to make the difference between do you have mold or do you have a mold problem? And the difference between mold in your house and a mold problem is uh, whether or not you've got an active moisture sh- issue uh, or whether or not there was a significant enough amount of mold that it can adversely affect the indoor environment. And, and what that means is this, if you've got more mold in your house than you have outside, and th- this is literally the, the, the way most assessments are done. You do air samples in addition to a visual survey and you, you know, identify whether there are leaks and, and moisture issues. Uh, or, or potential for moisture issues. Um, but when we do sampling, in fact, our mold test kit at gotmold.com, uh, through 1-800-GOT-MOLD, our mold inspection business, anytime we collect air samples, we take an outside air sample. And the reason we do that is because there are mold spores outside. And what we're looking for indoors is less and about, about the same kinds, mostly of the same kinds, and, and less than we find outdoors. Because we, the idea is that they come in and they kind of settle out and, you know, there shouldn't be any new ones growing. There shouldn't be different kinds and there shouldn't be more indoors. Mm. That's in, a clear indication that you have a different ecology growing and that there are things growing in your house aside from your kids and your cats, you know. Um, and so, so that's what we want to watch out for. Um, 
when you're when you're dealing with um, uh, the difference between a mold, mold presence of mold versus a mold problem, uh, you know the idea is that you're going to have mold spores. You're going to have, in fact, some pockets where you may even have some dampness in your house. For example, in your shower, uh, and so we 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 look at mold versus, you know, typically people call it mildew that sort of mold that's in your house that's kind of an acceptable amount that's basically hygiene related, right? Mm. As opposed to a defect of some sort that's allowing a chronic moisture condition to persist. Those are the, that's a big difference. So behind can under I, this, sorry. Can I interrupt you? About, uh, yeah, yeah, that? By because the distinction between mold and mildew, I think is interesting. And I think it important because everybody looks at their, you know, the caulking around the tile in their bathtub and they go, Ooh, that's pink. Uh, that I should do something about that in a year. Uh, and, and th- but that is something a little different, right. Than than water damage underneath the sink. Right. Yeah, but you know what though? This is where this is where you really have to um, either become very in tune and and start to look. You know, we move through our house so quickly. Bathrooms are a great example. Even though you spend a lot of time in the shower, you're busy thinking about the stuff that you don't think about when you're you know not in the shower. You're trying to solve other problems, and you know mm-hmm. you're getting your other epiphanies and stuff like that. You're not really examining whether or not that's grout in your that that's black on your on the grout, or is that missing grout? See, like you, you can have a lots and lots of mold on the grout. And, and this is, we, we, we laugh because people call us about the grout and, you know, they call us about these, these things that are really generally pretty innocuous. Uh, however, we go there and we go, ah, you know, you may, you called us for the stuff that you thought was on the surface. The water that's getting behind those tiles is significant. As soon as you have a gap of any sort in your grout or caulk, Drip, 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 drip. That's how you end up with a big mold problem. I've seen bathtubs rotten out. I've seen them fall through floors mm. from a drip from the from failed call. I'm not kidding. I'm structural, like 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 money pit type. Remember the movie? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, this is not a joke, you know. Like that stuff actually can happen. And you know, I mean, even a a small leak leak sinks a big ship. They mm-hmm. say. Uh, and so the same thing goes with this and that's an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. And guess what happens? Get usually on the other side of that bathtub. What's usually right there, that bedroom. So you got a wall there that's getting all moldy and emanating that all the beautiful stuff that mold growth emanates the musty odor, which is metabolically active in many people, right? It causes immune responses and in, in sensitive individuals. Uh, and even some people who are, who don't think they're sensitive, uh, have real problems with the musty odor. Um, and it triggers asthma attacks and sinusitis and, and headaches, nausea, dizziness, and fatigue, and all that stuff. So you put you you, you drip 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 on that in that wall behind the uh, behind the tile, and and you know you create. So those those insidious problems are are a real health uh, threat to many people. The the more common health threats and the more common I should say mold mold problems occur primarily in basements, uh, crawl spaces. And uh, many times, especially in cold climates where there's a real winter in the, in the, in the attic, 
Uh, mm-hmm. You don't see these problems really that often in, in uh, warm climates because it's a condensation issue. But ba- basements and crawl spaces are a big problem. Um, and in areas where you've got a lot of air conditioning, you know, like, uh, you know, Florida and stuff like that, you get a lot of stuff inside walls. Uh, you might have uh, more problems like that in your, in your climate too. Uh, yeah. But crawl spaces and basements are a big deal. And, uh, and people love to finish basements, uh, you know, using the same materials that they use above ground, but basements take on water and, and uh, uh, water gets into them really easily and gets out of them really slowly. And so, you know, we have a lot of on the, on the consulting side of things, basements we see as, probably the underlying cause of 30% or more um, mm. mold-related uh, mold related health complaints. Crawl spaces are really bad because they're out of sight, out of mind. At least in the basement, you go down, you, t- you see it, you know it. Crawl spaces, you specifically avoid it because you know it's molded. <laughs> your house is built on top of that. Um, and a lot of your air goes through there, whether it be through HVAC systems. Uh, and so air gets in and also it rises up through. Your house is not airtight. Uh, and so, you know, a moldy basement or a moldy crawl space is a moldy house. Mm-hmm. your foundation yeah. air rises through a structure it doesn't go down it goes right unless it's forced with a fan it goes up through a structure and so uh oftentimes you know when air rises from the first floor to the second floor where does it pull it from from the, the ceiling the yeah yeah the basement all, of the, all the way up yeah, yeah. also comes in through the through the nooks and crannies comes in through the the the, the, the little nooks and crannies around your windows and your doors you know uh and also through the through the outlets and things like that you get a little bit of infiltration that way but a vast majority of your air um, in your house, uh, actually, you'd be amazed how much actually is coming from the from the from the foundation of the basement. And so, you know, being willing to go down and 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 look at these things is also, you know, it's the ostrich thing. A lot of people just don't want to do that. Um, you know, yeah, it's gross down there. I don't want to go down there. It's all weird and gross and wet. No, I'm like, well, okay, well, <laughs> there you go. Well, that's exactly why you need to, right? I mean, it's yeah. like. You know, you wouldn't say that if your foot was, you know, it, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like that we, 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 we look at our buildings and, re- and think about them as the boxes that we store, uh, we live and work in and we store our stuff in. Um, we, we, these, biz- these buildings are these inanimate, inanimate objects. And I, I, and I have this, this, uh, this different view on this. I feel like our buildings are an extension of our immune system, mm. like an exoskin or an exoskeleton. And uh, the and buildings also have a have a have a lifespan. So let's get personal with the building, right? The building has a birthday and potentially a death day, and its longevity is determined how by how well you care for it, right? Think about this. And so, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm and also the building doesn't have an immune system. Well, maybe it does. Maybe you're it. You know, uh, and, and maybe when the building has problems and gets aches and pains and develops issues like inflammation, like the building has a problem, buildings get old too, right? And so it develops aches and pains. And next thing you know, it springs a leak. Well, you know, that's that happens. And, and so that the first sign of that is the moisture is the is the mold. The first sign of the mold is the is the musty smell. Uh, I'm actually uh, feeling more and more every day that the mold is not doing anything to harm us. It's actually doing it's actually sending you a message to let you know that something's wrong with the house. Yeah, it may be a benevolence in this thing, you know, and mm. if you don't listen to it, it gets worse and worse and worse. It's a lot like inflammation. The, look at mold in the building or as inflammation in the building, right? If you had inflammation in your body, you wouldn't just take aspirin, you'd figure out what the problem is, and you'd take care of that. Same thing with the house. If as it as it continues as that inflammation, if it continues to go from acute inflammation, where you don't respond to it, it becomes chronic. That's where you get the molds that everyone talks about in the news the stachybotrysis, the toxigenic molds, those are the byproduct of chronic dampness. Look at it like chronic inflammation in the building. And so when the building gets sick, guess what happens? 
the people get sick. Yeah. When the building heals, guess what happens? The people heal. And so yeah. there is a symbiosis or a mutualism there with buildings. But we, we, we look at this thing as this inanimate object. And I really want to encourage people to think about our buildings as an extension of our immune system. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by the Spartan Race. You know, I have always admired the people that I've seen online, social media, who go out and do these sorts of obstacle course races because I've never done one. And so I'm doing one. And I invite you to come along with me. On August 13th and 14th, I will be at the Seattle Spartan Race. And I would love for you to meet me there. Uh, I've started my training already. And I'm really looking forward to pushing myself. You see, I hate running. Even though I was a college athlete, I hate running. And the idea of pushing myself to this level to do something hard with this massive reward of completion is something that I'm really excited to try. And Spartan has given me a bunch of free tickets to give away. All you've got to do is film a short video of yourself training for the Spartan race and then use hashtag Spartan training and tag at Spartan and tag at real Sean McCormick and then send me a screen grab to earn a free race. It's really that simple. All you got to do, work out, do hashtag Spartan training, tag Spartan, tag me on Instagram, and I'll give you some free tickets. I mean, you can't beat that offer. I would love to meet some of my local Pacific Northwest friends and listeners of this podcast. And I'm also getting my kids involved. So hopefully I will see you at the Spartan race in August. Yeah, that's really a cool way to think about it because then it hopefully empowers people to take some action, to do some research, to understand what's going on, and and um, and that first comes with with diagnosing uh, and assessing the situation. I definitely want to go into the um, the kit because I want to understand that more clearly how that works. But I'm I'm my mind goes to you know. A, for performance and optimization and biohacking stuff, you know, I think that that mold as a as a major issue for people who are into health and wellness kind of burst onto the scene with Dave Asprey on his Joe Rogan appearance, and he was talking about how there's mold on coffee, uh, and he told his story about you know the yak butter and the coffee and all that stuff, and he also told a story about how uh, he lived in a, in a in a moldy home and got really really sick, and it caused all this stuff, and he kind of points back to that as one of the major issues that he had um, trying to stay healthy. He was kind of always fighting uh, against an uphill battle. And what I want to do is just sort of clarify that, that as, 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 as a mold problem, not just mold, but as a mold problem occurs, we breathe it in. And then that's where uh, it begins to, to affect our bodies. Um, So given, given, given that understanding that, that we are inside of these boxes that are alive, that have, that have these timelines and that we're, we're breathing this stuff in, um, it really kind of, it, it opens up the sort of picture about how we can think about this. And, and, and if, we, if we want to live an optimal life, if we want to be happy and healthy and rested with lots of love and, our, and joy in our life, the air, the air that you're breathing inside of your house all night long and all throughout the day with so many people working from home uh, it becomes it becomes a more pressing issue. Um, so I would love to hear a story if you got one around uh, a a scenario where you met someone who was having. I know that you have a story there too, but uh, where you met someone who was having health issues and it was directly directly connected back to a mold problem that was then 
sorted out, mitigated and improved, and then so did their health after that. Can you share a story with us? For sure. Uh, for sure. Um, well, first of all, let me, let me go back to, you, you brought up the, the uh, let me just go back to the, the, uh, the very beginning, which is the, uh, in terms of human performance, optimal human performance, um, the mold I look at as kryptonite, uh, it, it makes you weak. There's nobody that it doesn't make weak. It just doesn't show up the same way in everybody. And so, you know, my experience has been five people live in a house, mold, mold is present. Uh, one person is, is really sick uh, and oftentimes marginalized by the other four people uh, or at least by someone else there. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, you, you ask the other people, which I always do, uh, how they're feeling. Uh, ideally away from other people, by the way, you know, which yeah. is interesting. And, and uh, usually you, you'll get, you know, just a, it's a, it's a diverse symptom set. Uh, and you would think, gosh, it can't possibly be one thing causing all these different things. And then of course, there's somebody that doesn't have any problems, whatever, doesn't get it. And I don't give it, you know, I'm, I'll give me a call and let me know how much it's going to cost. That's kind of a, you know, they walk out the door. So that's a typical profile of a home with a mole, with a mole problem. And I'll bring that up because actually it dovetails into the next part of the question that you asked me. Um, it's funny how when you get it fixed, suddenly the person who had all the problems feels a lot better. They may not get better right away because the, the person often has other things going on. Um, and, and so, but, you know, removing that one, that one thing, but suddenly the other people have pro less problems too. Suddenly the other people are sleeping through the night. They're having less emotional dysregulation. There's a thing called mold rage, which is real. You know, suddenly they're not hacking up a, a lung, uh, you know, in the morning and they thought it was just, you know, their, their allergies or whatever. And it was to their house um, and, or hay fever, you know, whatever they were blaming it on. And, uh, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, they, uh, they're not as puffy, uh, you know, there's just, it shows up in so many different ways, it, like building inflammation shows up in human inflammation. I mean, this is really, it, it, we are so connected to this stuff where it's just uh, nesting ecologies is how I look at it now. Hmm. Nesting like Matryoshka dolls. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so the, the, the story that comes to mind is, uh, about, uh, Caitlin Murray. She was four years old uh, when I met her. Her mother, Jill, um, had been uh, really struggling because Caitlin just kept getting severely ill, uh, like 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 anaphylaxis. She, her throat would close up. Uh, she had to be. She was rushed off to the ER. Uh, you know, nine one one ambulances at the house, intubated. You know, where they force a tube down your throat to allow you to breathe. This happened to her a dozen times. Um, by the time she was four years old and, um, beautiful little girl and, uh, mom, Jill thought it was for sure something in the house. She went to all these doctors. They all said, no way, nothing, nothing in your house could ever make you that sick. And, uh, she said, well, you know, we're going to do an experiment. And they stayed with her uh, parents, Jill's parents, Caitlin's grandparents for two weeks. And she didn't have an episode. Um, she was having them on a regular, she was getting all sorts of like hives and all sorts of problems. So they figured it must be something in the house. 
Jill went back and did her, her own sleuthing and she went into the crawl space and found underneath her daughter's room, a big puddle and spider webs and, you know, telltale signs of, of dampness, uh, as well as what she thought, thought was a lot of mold and this insulation slumping down, you know, typical sort of nasty crawl space. And uh, she said, that's it. And so they moved out with the shirts on their back. They literally sold the house as is. They then invested in a house uh, that was built in uh, in a factory of prefabricated homes so that it would be built without being exposed to the elements. And it would be brought in basically and put together like a, you know, like a kit in a mm-hmm. weekend. And uh, so they, they, they did exactly that. And again, she's fine the entire time, the, the entire house construction. And they're like, this is great. We're in the clear. We're going to have a safe place. Right. And uh, they move in and uh, we run one rainy weekend and it was just rainy, rainy, rainy. Uh, they, uh, they're Kevin and Caitlin, Kevin's, Kevin's her little brother. Uh, we're running around the basement um, just, just doing what kids do. And uh, Kevin called up in a panic saying that Caitlin was, um, wasn't breathing. And so they brought her to the hospital and, um, and they, they thought for sure, you know, they, they had an innovator again, the whole thing. And so her mother called, freaked out, called the doctor who, who she's, whose care uh, her daughter was under. And, uh, and he said, first of all, you know, you need to calm down. And he actually suggested a psychiatrist. She was panicking that hard, that, that, that severely. And uh, anyway, long story short, he said, uh, I had just gotten uh, my mold sniffing dog, Oreo. I just got, I, we just started working together in 1-800-GUM-MOLD. This is 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Um, and it was, she was one of our first, she called up and she was panicking. Anyway, we, we had just done a, ch- a channel six action news episode where they tried to debunk us and they hid mold in the house. And we'd actually found the mold. And within three wow. minutes, instead of us beginning debunked, they endorsed us. So wow. this is very early in my mold career. And, uh, and so this woman, uh, got, she was talking to her doctor friend, Dr. Scott K Princeton, New Jersey. If you're listening to this, Scott, although it's been a while. Um, but anyway, and he would be, he would listen to your show. Uh, he, he said, listen, I, I saw this guy on TV. If you can't see it or smell it, you might want to call this guy. He's got a mold sniffing dog and as crazy as that sounds. And so she called <laughs> and she hired us and we went over there and, and within, you know, we did the whole assessment and we went down to the basement where the scene of the, the, the episode was and, uh, found, uh, some moldy lumber had been used to put the stairs in. So the whole house has been built perfectly in, in a client. And, but then they, when they, the stairs and the lumber that they used to build the stairs had been left outside on site and got moldy and so they put it together with moldy lumber and uh it was that minor it wasn't i mean i you know she was so sensitive she was like the canary in the coal mine and uh and sure enough you know i gave them the guidance on how to get it remediated and they did and um and she was she was fine for she was fine for a long time and then i got a call in the middle of the night she thought it was a company phone number it was my cell phone and it was her it was jill jill again and she was freaking out and i and i said i'll give you a buzz in the morning and we'll, we'll t- chat so next day i went over there and it had been another very, very rainy weekend. It was like a very windy, rainy weekend. And uh, and it had been a rainy week, rather. And uh, we went in there, and, and Oreo uh, made a beeline um, right for the fireplace. And sure enough, the whole fire, the, there had been water running down uh, from the uh, from flashing that had been blown off during a storm. And, uh, and Oreo nailed it. And so we, we, uh, or, you know, uh, arranged for the remediation and, uh, and she was, uh, suddenly got better again. Now, keep in mind, this is 20 years ago. Um, in the years that followed, they were very effective at avoiding mold. Um, and they would actually travel with their air purifier. They brought, they would travel, bring it with them to the beach. <laughs> it's really uh-huh. 
but they became very good at, at avoiding it and being vigilant about understanding their relationship with their building and and all that stuff and and so the the lack of the the her ability to to avoid that chronic exposure enabled her to to heal from it and then eventually they were able to get her a cat she always wanted a cat but she was so allergic to everything uh that uh they finally got her a cat um and then uh and she has gone on to because of her experiences she's she's maintained her health um and i'm pleased to say that i got a letter from her recently uh that she has uh been accepted to medical school and she's pursuing this path because uh of her her own experience and and her Mm. the fact that the doctors didn't listen um, and that she wants to be the doctor that listens. Hmm. Wow. What a story. That's incredible. You know, when earlier in our conversation where you gave some timeline perspective on how this really hasn't been a thing until the last couple, you know, decades where people understand just where this is, you know, it gives me hope that, that not only doctors, <clears throat> uh, but people like yourself, will continue to innovate and beat the drum to talk about this issue uh, that is so inconvenient and, and can also be such a, uh, such a health zapper for people. And like you said, we're fish. We just don't, we, it's around us. We can't see it. We can't smell it. We can't feel it. Uh, it just, it's just around us. Um, so I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about some of the health issues that people can experience from a mold problem. And, and I, you notice that I'm using mold problem now religiously because mold is mold. It's all around us. It's on, you know, it's, it's right here above my lip. I'm breathing it in currently, but a mold problem. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, I, I have a specific question around, you know, uh, like skin bacteria and ipatigo, you know, stuff like that. Does, does that, how, how, how many different things can, how many health issues can be uh, experienced through mold issues? It, my, my experience is that it's almost infinite because what uh, my own personal story was that I was, uh, uh, when I was four years old, I was, uh, I suddenly lost a lot of weight in a three week period and um, uh, was having difficulty breathing. And they brought me to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia uh, where they diagnosed me with cystic fibrosis. Um, which was a devastating diagnosis, um, to, especially to my my father, who lost four of his cousins to CF before uh, the age of fourteen. Whoa. So it was a family; it was a hereditary issue, which is part of the reason why they diagnosed me with it. Um, but the second round of testing um, was six weeks later, and uh, actually they concluded that I didn't have cystic fibrosis, but I had asthma compounded by pneumonia. And when they tested me for allergies, I was allergic to literally every single thing that they tested me for. Um, it's one of my formative memories, uh, being uh, being in the papoose and having the skin test on my back. I remember very well. I can still remember the smell. Um, and uh, and my dad said I looked like a ladybug, uh, just big red swollen back with dots all over it. Hmm. Um, and so I lived on inhalers most of my childhood until I was about 12 and my symptoms went away because I moved out of the house. And I didn't think about it again until after a successful career on Wall Street. And I was sitting there reading a newspaper article about a guy who got sick from the hotel where he was an employee. Um, and he developed adult onset asthma and allergies to all these things that he was never had a problem with. So it was, it, it was like a deja vu moment for me. That's why I got into the business is because it was, it was, I, was on a, I was on a mission to do something meaningful with my life, but I wasn't sure what it was. And I just happened to have come across that, that, you know, that thing, that light bulb while I was in the place that I was least expecting to, you know, while I was sitting there just reading some local newspapers. And um, so the, in the absence of that chronic exposure, 
uh, I'm not allergic to anything. Uh, the doctors who test me, uh, who, who, who refer patients to me, test me. Uh, they, they almost, almost, almost like it's fun um, because, you know, I'm a very documented, highly allergic person and I'm not allergic to anything. Um, and so the, the, these things, I think what happens with mold is that it, it tends to bring out whatever your latent uh, susceptibilities are. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like kryptonite. It makes you weak. Most, uh, most illnesses, you know, there's only about a hundred bacteria, a hundred bacteria that cause uh, human infection. Hmm. There are millions of species, millions. There's about a hundred that uh, cause real problems. Uh, and it's not so much the bacteria that's the issue. It's the abundance of it when it happens and what, how it comes to, you, you know, uh, same thing with molds. Uh, we're not really, we're, we're, we are literally, uh, you know, partners with these things. By the way, uh, mold, fun, Kingdom Fungi produces 50 megatons of spores every year, which is the equivalent of 50, uh, 500,000 blue whales, 500,000 blue whales. <laughs> That's spores. That's just fungal spores, largest uh, pr producer of biological particulate in the world, Kingdom Fungi. And so you're not going to get away with, with not being, with being exposed. We just don't want that stuff growing in our house. Yeah, that's all. It, that's all it is, man. It's just we just don't want that stuff growing in our house. So, mm. so don't create an environment uh, that allows for that. And so, you know, the symptoms are wide ranging because everybody has a different susceptibility profile. This thing that's under the surface, the thing that if you get weak, that's going to pop up. You know, and everyone's got that. Some people have joint pain. Some people have, you know, tension. Some people have emotional, like I said, dysregulation. Chronic, you know, upper respiratory is typical, but a lot of other diseases also overlap with mold exposure and the difficulties associated with with uh, detoxification, like Lyme disease is a big one, um, and chemical sensitivities is a big one. Um, a lot of times, mold exposure creates chemical sensitivities. Mm. A lot of times, chemical exposure creates mold sensitivities. Mm -hmm. um, and so these things are, are it's, it's a giant Venn diagram, you know, and the and there's a big muddy brown spot in the middle, and that's kind of mold, you know. Wow. And, it, and it either causes or irritates almost every illness. It makes you susceptible to almost every kind of illness. I mean, there, there, there's anecdotally, there are a lot, I mean, you could even say that mold, mold is related to um, a lot of addictive behaviors. A lot of people are self-medicating around that kind of stuff, wow. both the emotional side and the pain associated with it, right? A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, dis a lot of discomfort associated with mold has to do with the disempowerment that comes with knowing you have a problem being unable to take advantage, uh, take, take care of it, right? Think about all the renters that have mold problem. They can't afford to fight the fight. Right. Uh, you know, some illness comes in many forms, you know, physical, emotional, and otherwise spiritual even. Um, and, and I would argue that this, this cut cuts right to the core of, of all those things. So, um, you know, it, it, that's why I always say, if you see something, smell something or feel something, do something. Um, because it, it really is a matter of, uh, being aware of, uh, your environment and, you know, you got the four basic human needs, uh, Air, water, food, shelter, right? Uh, this is my entire uh, an entrepreneurial thesis: is to to build solutions around you know air, water, food, shelter. It's pretty yeah. sustainable, right? Uh, yeah. But you know, air, water, food, shelter. So let's let's look at the shelter we talked about. Uh, shelter, you could argue, is kind of air and water. At least it's air on one side of that coin. Um, you know, food uh, for sure, super important. But the thing about shelters, you can live without it for a long time. 
uh, you know, you wouldn't do well for long. We're kind of like hermit crabs. We don't do well without our shelf for very long, but we can do for, you know, a few weeks, a few months, maybe, uh, you know, food, you can go a few weeks. Otherwise you start to get pretty skinny and things don't, don't go well. Um, water, you can go for a few days. Otherwise things get pretty gnarly too. Air, man. Uh, you know, you're a few minutes and you're in trouble, but yet of all those four basic human needs, what's the one that people think about the least? Yeah. Right. Air. It's air, right? You think about everything else first. Food, for sure. Yeah. Water, oh yeah, no. But air is the one that you can't do well with, uh, without for very long. Uh, and so it, it, you know, it is, it is so. Im- it's a double-edged sword. The thing about air, I'm going to mention it again, is nutritive when it's healthy and it's, and it's beneficial. It's, it's, it's life affirming, and it's literally lethal, poisonous if it's not. And there is yeah. no neutral air. Um, and so, you know, I just think that, uh, and the other thing that people be aware of, and this is something I'll, I'll leave you with too, it's not just mold, um, poor indoor air quality is really the enemy. Um, you know, when it comes to mold, it's not the enemy, it's moisture that's the enemy. But when it comes to air quality, it's just any sort of pollutant in VOCs are the paints we use, the finishes that we, 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 we refinish our floors with stuff that leaves that new house smell. That new house smell is cancer. You know, yeah, that's right. not a good smell. That's a Pavlovian associative response. That is, you've been trained to think that that smells good because you get rewarded. People applaud you because you did your renovation or because you got a new house or whatever. New car smell, new house smell, that's cancer. Uh, and and yet we are locking ourselves up in these chemical boxes and then wondering why we have unprecedented amounts of autoimmune disease and cancers of every sort and kind and fatigue and difficulty content and ADHD and all the other stuff. And mold is part of that. It's a big part of it, but the bigger part of it really is chemicals in our, in our Mm. building materials. And so, you know, air ventilation, get yourself some good air purifiers in terms of actionable stuff. I I also think that this is something that I want to talk about briefly, which is air filters of all the things you can do, uh, to improve your air quality, obviously fix all moisture problems as quickly as possible. Um, but I believe that air filters should be a required appliance in every single home, a really good HEPA filter in, in every bedroom, every living room, uh, in any space that you think you might have an air problem. And ideally you have an air filter that's got a lot of carbon in it too. Um, and so, you know, there are a few brands out there that do a really good job uh, with that, but you want activated carbon to take out the VOCs or the chemicals, the smell, the odor, uh, and the HEPA to take out the particles. Um, because we live in these boxes that we just close up and we just set, set our, our, our heat and air conditioning to, we just turn off our heat and turn on our AC, turn off our AC, turn on our heat. Very few people open their windows anymore. And we just bring more of the stuff in from China and we don't ventilate and we don't, you know, we don't deal with moisture problems when they manifest. And so all these things, uh, put you in a situation where you breathe 20,000 times a day, but you're breathing the same stuff especially with COVID 20,000 times a day. And so that's 20,000 exposures. You, you, you are naked to this world in your lungs. You know, keep in mind, if you open that up, that is pure, that is, you are exposed to the world. Mm-hmm. That is your interface. And so, so be gentle with your lung, be recognize the, the, the delicacy and the intimacy of the air against your, your inside. And th- that's what I'm suggesting that people consider it. And when you're doing this 20,000 times a day, boy, whew, that's a lot of exposure. So, so mechanically removing those things is very important and being aware of them, which is again, you know, why we're in the business of, of, of creating, you know, tools that allow people to measure these things. Yeah. One more question before we dive into the the, the kit and the services because uh, I definitely want to I definitely want to highlight those. You know what what 
I think was sort of implied is that if you remediate effectively and you get the source of the moisture uh, removed, then likely if you have a sensitivity or you're an expression of a sensitivity, you will improve. Uh, but I guess my question is more around once you, maybe you've been blasted, maybe you lived in a, in a really, really problematic uh, place for a couple of years and it's in you, you know, it's, and it's been there for a while and <clears throat> that's what that is. And that's what this itchy nose is. And that's what the sensitivity to gluten is. And that's what your anxiety is. Um, based on your understanding, what are some of the best ways to get that mold then out of our systems? Is there detox protocols? You know, is it uh, activated charcoal? Like what, what have you found to be the most effective methods for taking care of your, uh, of your own sort of physiology in addition to figuring out the moisture issue going forward? Detoxing is, uh, is, is very popular. Um, our body does a really good job of it normally. If you give it the resources it needs and you get out of the way. Um, we, we have a, this thing in our society where we think the only way to get something out is to put something in. Uh -huh. Or more is better because, you know, if a little, is, a little works, then more must be better. Um, these, are, these are problematic narratives, right? to say the least. So my experience has been that the first step to detoxing is to stop toxing. Mm -hmm. uh, sounds very simple, but uh, also, you know, so the first thing you do is stop the stop exposure. You know, you're not gonna, it, it, you know, I, in my, in my past life, I used to, I used to drink. And when I drank, I, I would do all sorts of things to deal with the consequences of drinking. And I realized it took years and years and years to realize that if I just wanted to stop the consequences, I just stopped drinking. And I, lo and behold, I did. And oh my God, all these problems that I had went away. <laughs> um, so the first step to talk is to detox, to detox is to stop toxing. And, um, and so when it comes to, you know, mold is obviously removing, reducing exposure. So, you know, if you've got an air quality issue, you could do three things. This is a, an important point too. You can either deal with the source and remove the source, which is not always possible or practical, but that's remediation, right? When you can do it, get rid of it, fix the water problem, remove the mold, clean it up, restore the property to a normal condition. That's ideal. That's the first thing. That's the ideal thing, but it's not always possible. The other thing you could do is you could filter the air and that's using, you know, HEPA filtered, HEPA filters and all those kinds of things, or you can dilute and bring fresh air. Uh, in from outside. Um, the first thing you want to do is is address your air quality issue uh, or address your your exposure to it first. Uh, and then once you've gotten that under control, whether it means you've relocated or you fixed the problem or you've reduced the exposure to the point where you can't smell it, seal it, or feel it, right? You can't see it, smell it, or feel it. Um, then you can do things to accelerate uh, detoxification. You can do things like saunas, exercising, cold water, hot water, you know, cold exposure and hot exposure, you know, these kinds of things that sort of squeeze you and, 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 and facilitate, uh, you know, the, the, the natural processes that you already have. There are doctors uh, that are uh, in the business of, of helping people detox from mycotoxins uh, and, and, that is sometimes necessary, but oftentimes it's not. Uh, 
Uh, most mold-related illnesses, not mycotoxin-based, even though most people who talk about this, all they want to talk about is mycotoxins. Uh, most of the time, they're actually they're finding out that the microbial VOCs, the musty smell, is actually the underlying cause of, of a, a big chunk of it. And uh, and that's a detox. You detox by but it deto you detox the same way you detox from alcohol, uh, because VO alcohol is a VOC. Uh, and your liver and those pathways are, are good. Now, if you have a problem with detoxification pathways, that's different. And there are a lot of people that do. They, they estimate 25% of the U.S. population has a, a mutation, a genetic mutation called the MTHFR mutation. And it, a lot of people, MTHFR, if you, if, you, if you spell that out, you'll see it, it, a lot of people feel that way about it. It's a mofo. Yeah. And um, <laughs> And so, uh, so those people have uh, issues, and some people have a hard time with uh, with with uh, sulfur pathways, which also can be problematic because there's a supplement called glutathione, which is used in detoxification. That's a naturally occurring uh, uh, compound in the body, uh, and very potent, but it it goes through the sulfur pathway, and people sometimes have a problem with that. So, so I generally steer away from recommending detox supplements and protocols and things like that because much like any other situation it depends on the person it mm. depends on on what so what i generally i'm a i'm a root cause kind of guy uh fix the moisture problem stop the mold exposure get yourself some air purifiers open your freaking windows uh and uh and get, get out there and sweat the other thing is and this is a big one ready for this people change your diet um, and this is what nobody wants to hear, but um, most mycotoxins, if you're going to do, if you have mycotoxins, and a lot of people listening to this uh, have had probably some mycotoxin testing, which is really common, and they've found that they've got high levels. Look at your food. If you're eating processed foods, corn, uh, grains of any kind, uh, sugar, most mycotoxin exposure uh, is actually from food. Um, we, we import moldy grains, no problem. Ask Dave Asprey, but the moldy coffee, right? So like, you know, that we've, the data on that's pretty stunning. Uh, there, there, we actually import grains that get turned away because of, uh, mycotoxins at other ports throughout the world. We will buy moldy grains, no problem. Put it right, mm. right in our, in our food supply. And these things are, you know, oftentimes, uh, they're, they're, uh, they love to live in fats, right? So they tend to stick in us for a long time. And, you know, they're, they're metabolic, they're uh, hormonally active, you know, they can cause all sorts of problems in the long run. Um, and, you know, many of them are carcinogenic. So the, the, the food thing is, is a big deal. So the, the, when I say detox, stop toxing, you know, one of the things that, that changed my life was going on a no sugar, no grains diet. Uh, and, and, and allow your body to purge those things, um, you know, eat, eat, eat clean. Um, and then you don't have to detox your body will do it. Breathe clean, uh, drink clean. These things, uh, are, are simple in their, at, on, on their face, but sometimes they require significant, uh, changes. And, um, and so, but it's all connected. You know, what you eat and what you breathe and what you drink and all that stuff and how and, and your relationship with the buildings that you live and work in are all 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 coalesce around your general awareness, your your general health. Uh, and to ignore one of those things, you might as well ignore all of those things because they're mm. all inextricably connected. Mm. Well said. Yeah, well said. So as we as we head to the to the conclusion of of this this conversation, uh, you've obviously built businesses and incredible tools around this to empower people. And now that we have a greater awareness of how pervasive this issue is, 
for, for so many of us. And uh, I tell us how the kit works. How do, how do you do it? How does it work? What, what to do after that? Sure. Um, well, if, if you, if you don't mind, let me back up in for a minute into kind of why I created it, because I think that that helps explain <clears throat> a lot about how it's best used. Um, so 1-800-GOT-MOLD is our mold inspection company. And, um, and it's, it was really this, it, it's the vehicle that we use to learn how to better serve uh, the people that we serve. Um, so I had no business being in this business when I started in this business. Uh, you know, there's no academic track or training back then, especially it was kind of, you know, you, you, you had to pursue it aggressively. And so, um, so, you know, I, I, and that's the way I kind of do things. I'll just jump in and, and my ignorance, um, I don't let my ignorance get in the way. <clears throat> in this case, uh, what we learned was, well, we, we, we developed a, you know, high end, um, mold assessment and remediation consulting practice. Most of our customers are affluent, uh, single family homeowners. Um, and, and, and while that's a good business for us financially and otherwise, uh, very satisfying. And we learned, we, we truly improve the quality of save people's lives, man. I mean, how often do you get a chance to say that? And we do that all the time. And that's a very deeply satisfying, um, way to, to move through the world. However, um, we had to turn down tens of thousands of people who called us over the years to do a mold inspection because simply they could not afford it. Many of the people were outside of our coverage area, um, but they also couldn't have afforded us even if we were living right next door. And my own parents, uh, you know, I grew up with that when my parents had no money, uh, my own parents could not have afforded to hire us to navigate a mold problem in, in, in my own home. And and so that never sat well with me, you know, that always bothered me. Um, and so it's with that concern that, that we uh, decided to create something that would make mold testing affordable to anybody. Uh, the World Health Organization said that a healthy indoor air is a basic human right. Uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I, you know, air, water, food, shelter, right? Like these things, none of those things should be cost prohibitive. Um, and especially healthy, healthy, healthy should be default. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, 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 you know, it just, it makes sense for everybody, by the way, because, you know, we, it would reduce just so much, such a huge burden on our, on our, on our world to just have, you know, those healthy options be the default. But anyway, the bottom line is we are where we are. And, uh, and so the, the, uh, we put a dream team a number of years ago, we put the dream team of scientists and engineers together to put, uh, to create a do-it-yourself test kit that uses the same reliable test result, te test methods that we use through 1-800-GOT-MOLD and mold inspection companies use worldwide. Um, but we did it in such a way that we removed the need to have uh, all the hassle and, and complications associated with trying to find and hire a professional. Uh, and so if you wanted to have your house tested for mold right now, you'd hire a guy and you'd come over or a gal would come over and they would do a physical inspection of your house. And then they would determine where they should collect air samples. Uh, and uh, those air samples would generally be uh, in most cases, an air an, a spore trap cassette. Uh, so especially engineered cassette that captures the airborne particulate matters. 
uh, that, uh, uh, that, that are floating around in the time that you're sampling. And so uh, you grab an outside air sample and then you grab the inside air samples. Those that, that in order to do that, you have to have a special pump, air sampling pump on a tripod. It's $1,000 and it's calibrated. So what we did was we figured out how to create that professional quality air sampling pump, but for a fraction of the cost. Um, and so that interfaces with the same professional cassette that you would get, that you would use if you had a professional. Um, and uh, what we did was we we uh, worked out a special arrangement with the number one lab in the country, um, and uh, who got acquired by the number one lab in the world, by the way. Uh, and so uh, so we 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 have the uh, the top quality analysis available mm-hmm. across the board. So the same quality you you wouldn't even get this if you hired most prof- most professionals don't want to pay what what we pay our lab. And we are now doing, we offer that on a do-it-yourself test kit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like private labeling. Uh, if you were, if you were in the jewelry business, private labeling Tiffany's, you know, I mean, it's really, you know, the quality and the, and the consistency. Um, and that's, that's our lab partner. Um, and so you collect the air samples in the room. First of all, let me back up. Uh, we encourage people to uh, do an inspection of their home. Um, and, and so actually uh, we created a, on, uh, on our website, we created a welcome page for your listeners. Uh, where we've posted a an ebook called How to Find Mold in Your Home. Uh, it's at gotmold.com slash optimal performance. Um, and uh, you'll find the ebook there, which was 45 pages of inspection checklists and, and, and FAQs. We generally recommend people who are starting with this concern to look at that first. Get familiar with your home. That's what a professional would do. And they would, they would, guide, they would allow their eyes to be their guide. Um, and since we're so busy moving through our house, we generally recommend that people slow down a little bit and take a closer look uh, at, at the things that you would normally just walk right past. And then uh, based upon what you find, uh, what you, if you see something, smell something, or feel something in specific rooms, we recommend that you focus on those rooms. And uh, so using our air sampling pump and the cassettes that, 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 are, that are included, you can test either one, two, or three rooms. Um, using again the same same sport traps that professionals use, and then there's a prepaid return mailer that you uh, would then uh, once you input you go to gotmold.com and, and fill out the, the forms and tell us where you collected the samples and where you want the report sent and all that good stuff. Um, I should also mention that the the kits are a fixed price, so it's one forty nine for one room, one ninety nine for two, and two forty nine for three rooms. That includes shipping and lab fees there's no surprises you know when you buy the kit that's it you you know you don't have to go to pocket for anything else uh and the the prepaid return mailer goes directly to uh, our lab partner where they analyze the samples and then uh the report gets processed through us where you get an interpretation of the raw lab data you get a three-page report the the with an interpretation that's the first page green yellow orange or red depending upon what we find second page is the lab data formatted in a really easy to understand way and the last pages where we uh, provide resources and recommendations based upon what was found. Um, the uh, the uh, once they're at the lab, it, uh, the turnaround time is two business days. So we try to provide a, a, a rapid turnaround time. Ideally, by the time you when you drop in the mail, you have a report within about a week. So uh, and then once you've used the kit, um, the pump is yours to keep. And many people are uh, taking advantage of the fact that we also offer refills. Uh, and so for if you have once you have the pump, you can retest and you can buy supplies at a discount. Many people actually share the pump with a friend uh, and they can get samples uh, at a discount as well. So so once you've got the pump, one room only is, is only $99, uh, two rooms is $149 and three rooms is $199. 
Uh, again, no surprises, no fees, no hidden charges. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so far, you know, we've been, we, we just released this uh, out of beta just a couple of months ago. Um, and some of the stories are really remarkable. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been gratifying to see that the exact intent that we, that we had uh, embarked with uh, is, is carrying forward. A lot of people who were saying that they couldn't afford an inspection, they couldn't afford, they couldn't even have thought about this are now getting the peace of mind they need, right? They may not always get the answers they want, uh, but many times it's not that they want the answers, it's that they want validation uh, yeah. or they want, you know, to be able to go to the landlord and say, no, you know, this is not, this is not an opinion. This is a scientific reality, yeah. you know, or their husband or their wife or their, or, or, or whomever. Um, and so, so far so great. You know, I, I, I have to say that um, I, um, this has been a long road, um, but, uh, but so far so great. Awesome. The fact that now we have each the ability to do it in, in such a professional way at home through you is really, really incredible. And, and again, I'll say it, to sort of just echo what you mentioned earlier. It's like, this is, we're, this is a new industry. This is a new type of um, consideration set for living a healthy lifestyle, understanding what's going on in your home, what you're breathing in. Uh, just so many great tips, things to think about from this, from this conversation. This, I, I, I really encourage everybody to, to take a look, go to gotmold.com slash optimal performance and just do some research, you know, don't, don't take Jason's word for it. Like go do some reading on your own. The website is, is structured in a way that it has a ton of great information. And just like anything, you know, just like, just like your fitness, just like your nutrition, just like your sleep, you know, if you ignore it, it's not going to get better. You know, it, it, unless you do something about it and begin to, um, take responsibility and make some action, then it's, it's, it's not going to get better. So this is so great. Well, um, we've already told people where to go. The, the final question is a fill in the blank question, and this can be based on anything and everything that you know, and, and you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish, but if you would please fill in the blank, everyone would benefit from knowing the root cause. Yeah. Yeah. The root cause. Absolutely. Here, here. Jason Earl, this has been such a great conversation. I really thank you for this. I, I really do. This is such a, uh, such an opening up of awareness. I think for so many people, there's people who have never even considered this before. And now after this episode, they will be educated and empowered to, to do something about it. So thank you so much for joining me today on the optimal performance podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been a true pleasure.